0: Illumina
1: pori su un caos to me, you know, I I got to know a little bit about you through um, your business that you have online and through social media and your fabulous Instagram account. Um, So I'm excited to kind of do a challenge with somebody that, you know, we've talked on the phone a little bit and we've gotten to know each other a little bit, but you are, you know, you are a new friend. So this will be fun for me to have a challenge with someone new.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to do something a little, like, different. Especially with somebody that you're getting to know. I find that with new friends, the more, um, a little outside of my comfort zone that I go with, the better that I get to know people.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it's kind of fun about the whole idea behind the challenges and, and what I think is kind of fun about them is that they really are a way to kind of shake up the routine. You know, try something new for a week or two and, um, and see what kind of effect even just shaking things up will have, you know, in our day to day life. So, um, so I'm thrilled you agreed to do this. And that what you picked um, was all kind of sourced from this article that's from um, manrepeller.com, which is one of my favorite sites, beauty Blogs and Fashion and Cosmetics Tips. Um, but the article itself has five different types of routines, specifically afternoon celebrity routines that a person can try. And um, I think you and I both felt like doing all five afternoon routines was a really big bite. You know, that's so like maybe yeah, it's like a huge undertaking. Yeah, I'm biting off more than we can chew. So, um, so we we you know talked about it, and went through them together, and I thought we could just kind of let our listeners in a little bit on some of that conversation. So the the article itself it's about you know I tried five celebrity afternoon routines, and it's sort of a response I think to many of the articles that are about you know, life hacks, morning routine hacks, after you know evening routine hacks, like how can you make yourself more productive or happier in life. So this one is all about afternoon routines. Um, And just quickly, the different ones that they suggested were um, eating your lunch outside like Oprah, uh, taking a midday nap like Albert Einstein, uh, going for two walks in the afternoon like Charles Darwin, having afternoon tea like the Queen of England, and... (laughs) Scheduling, like, your fun life stuff on your calendar before anything else, like Michelle Obama. So, um, before we reveal what we're going to do, let's just go through and talk a little pros and cons about each one. Okay, good. Um, okay, so, when you think about trying to eat outside every day, like Oprah Winfrey, taking your lunch outside, what do you think? Well, the first thing
0: that I think is that anything that Oprah says to do, I want to do. <laughs> because it's Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
1: just love her, right? I mean, Um, she clearly figured something out about life.
0: Clearly.
1: And I just think that she's fabulous all the way around.
0: However, what I like about – there are things I like about that idea of things that I'm nervous about with that one because Mm -hmm. I like the idea of getting out into – Nature, right? Let's see, Like going outside. I spend so much time inside working. And so the idea of every single day going outside. And then also I think she also talked about eating like specifically foods that would come from the garden. So mm-hmm. I like the idea of eating good whole foods, and I like the idea of being outside and having that literal breath of fresh air. I'm nervous, though, about being able to maintain that in terms of, my work schedule because I don't necessarily get to get outside at lunch every single time. Um, and then I was also a little bit nervous about the idea of um, – I think that it would get a little boring, to be quite honest.
1: <laughs> I know. Like, do, you, do you think – no, I of it the same way. Do you think – do you think, you know, if we were – so, spoiler alert, we didn't pick this one. But, like, if we were <laughs> going to do this one, do you um, – Would you want to leave your phone inside? Like, do you feel like doing it faithfully would be you leave your phone inside and you sit outside and just kind of eat and chew. Yeah, I think so.
0: I think that it's supposed to be, like, a unplugging experience. And I'm fine with Mm -hmm. unplugging. But if I'm going to unplug, I need something else, whether it's music or it's a social lunch, right? So I'm having lunch with friends. Yeah. But just being outside eating my lunch by myself, unless I was at, like, a park, or somewhere where there's some people watching or something to do, I think mm-hmm. I would first of all eat a lot faster. And mm-hmm. second of all, like, I think I would eat faster so that I could move on and do something more interactive with my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I, I, yeah, I totally get that. I, I think that when I think about really enjoying an eating outside experience and being totally unplugged, I imagine like a picnic blanket under a tree. And, you know, yes. really like making an afternoon out of it. I don't want to just do it for 20 minutes, no phone, and be looking at people oddly if they're walking by. You know? Yeah, I agree. So, okay, I, I so totally agree. We did not pick that one. Um the next one, I took a midday nap like Albert Einstein. What do you think
0: about mm, yeah. napping. Mhm. I love a nap so very much and I find that on Sundays, not every single Sunday, but probably like one or two Sundays a month on average, I do end up taking a nap at some point. Mm-hmm. And what I I just like to sleep. I like as a kid, I I was like listen, when it was time to go to bed, I was ready to go to bed. I really yeah. was unwilling to, like, just crash. I was just, I love sleep. However, as an adult, I have found that there are certain parameters in terms of what makes for a successful nap. So if I ever nap longer than an hour, it's bad news. Like, I end up cranky. And and then also kind of, like, lethargic. You know when you sometimes wake up from a nap and you're confused about, where you are and what's going on, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and, like, really, it takes you, like, an hour to truly wake up, and you're kind of dozing back and forth, and yeah. that, for me, the thought of doing that in the middle of the day sounds terrifying and super unproductive. Yeah, with the and idea then, of getting
1: back to work afterwards, it's like, what? Yeah, so
0: I think with that one, it would have to be a very specific amount of time in terms of, like, okay between 20 minutes or, like, thirty-five, between 20 to 35 minutes may be the perfect nap time. Because then you also have to, like, refresh yourself, right? Because instantly I'm like, okay, so if I've napped, I feel like I have to brush my teeth and I have to touch up my lipstick and fix my hair. And that, too, feels like a very different experience.
1: Absolutely. I know. I wanted to second all of everything that you just said. I think that for me, I've always been such—I've always been such a coffee drinker, and I recently cut back to just two cups a day, which was a massive feat for me. But I used to be uh-huh. like such a such a coffee drinker that for me to even have my body downshift enough to take a nap is like not happening. Or if Ooh, it were yeah. to happen, right? Or if it were to happen then I'm going to need, you know, a couple of cups of coffee to get me back up and then forget going to bed that night. So I just have been, like, so caffeine-dependent that <laughs> this would not have been possible for me. The other thing I can compare it to is occasionally uh I go, you know, right down the street, there's this great place um where I go to get massages, and I try to go once a month, sometimes twice a month if I'm crazy, for a little self-care. Just a massage, get the shoulders worked out, and it's amazing. Oh, that sounds amazing. Right? But I've realized that I have to schedule it at like four o'clock or five o'clock end of my work day because if I try to go get one at lunch, forget it for the rest of the afternoon. Like I just cannot get back to focusing. Or yeah. I don't know how you come back from a massage.
0: Yeah. Like, it looks the day's exactly. over. Every, every right. capable thing is done. Like you can't go out with friends after, like there's just nothing yeah. that can be done after that besides Really just like watching television and then dozing off. And that's if you can stay awake. I mean,
1: yeah, you, you're, yeah.
0: Just, you're supposed to be horizontal after that.
1: Right. It's the opposite of productive. It's the anti-productive yeah. move. Mm-hmm. So the next one was going for two walks, like Charles Darwin. The two walks feels like a bit much for me. But I I love the idea of walking, and I walk a little bit to and from work, but it's not like a specific, oh, I'm going to do this for my afternoon productivity. So because of that, I was like, I don't know if that's the right challenge for me. What did you think about walks in the afternoon? I I like the idea,
0: and I have found that I, as of last week, I started actually scheduling a walk into my calendar so that I would have some time that I was getting outside and moving around. And here's what happened. I never took a walk. Oh <laughs> like, I just... It's been on my calendar, and I still get the Google alert every single day at, like, I think it's scheduled for 9.30, because mm-hmm. I start my work day at 8. So, at 9.30, it's like, okay, you've worked for 90 minutes, like, get up, take a 10-minute walk, and then come back. And instead, I'm like, skip that back to what I was doing. So, I... I want to be productive. I I I like the idea of walks more than I like walks themselves. And, again, my favorite walks are when they're social. Like when you're walking with a friend and you're chatting and you're catching up. A friend of mine is incredible at going for a walk. I actually have a few friends who really love a walk. And Mm -hmm. they find it restorative and they get a lot of – they kind of, like, work out some of their stress. I found that any time that I walked when I was stressed, I felt like I'd rather be running because it was more vigorous. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then I don't know. I, I'm not really – I guess I guess a walk just isn't my mode motive, my of motive life.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I feel like if I had a calendar reminder come up to say – Time for a walk. I'd be like, well, I'm gonna walk to the kitchen and get a snack. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. this is like, yeah. Okay, I can walk to the car and drive and grab a coffee. Absolutely,
1: right? It's so funny how, like, I'll slip and slide, like, with a rationalization around something if I don't really want to do it. When it comes down to it, it's like, well, this should count as my walk, or well, the the spirit is that I'm taking a break, so I'll have a yeah. cup of coffee instead, or whatever the thing is, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, that takes us to on the note of a hot drink like coffee, having afternoon tea like the Queen of England. Now, this was the first one I think that you identified as like that could be interesting. Yes, say a little more about that. So
0: I just, I just love all things in terms of learning about the royal families, and I, I find it fascinating. I find the queen fascinating. I find the crown interesting. I love the crown on Netflix, and mm-hmm. I wonder how the royal family feels about being portrayed on television while mm-hmm. still alive. Um, mm-hmm. I have lots of questions about that. But, I also really like tea. I don't love tea. If it's between tea and coffee, I will often choose coffee first, but I do do love a cup of tea, and I like the idea of slowing down in that way by taking a break and just enjoying a nice beverage. I think that is something that I could, I could easily work that into my schedule and not ignore it. And then also what I liked about it is that I happened to have just bought a brand-new turquoise teapot that you may have seen on Instagram mm-hmm. about like a month or so ago, and yes. ever since – Every single time I make a cup of tea, feels so much more. It just feels special, and I I really like being fancy. And this year, especially, I'm embracing I'm embracing the fact that I like being fancy, and I'm not going to feel bad about it anymore. Um, yes. Which includes right, like buying really pretty things and then using them regularly instead of saving them for a special occasion. Right, whether it be totally. a teapot or my or my mugs or a pretty dress. I I really just came to this moment where I was like, listen, it's a special day because God woke me up. So I'm going to wear and use all the good stuff. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, and especially because we, you know, we, we, well, for me, I want to celebrate every day. I don't know how many days I will have on this planet. So, like, why not use the fancy thing today? Right. Right. Why not? And tea feels fancy. Oh, tea feels fancy and a nice teacup. There's a reason we don't do it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, okay, so I, that all of that resonated with me. I also, ever since the crown came out, had like a, um, a really intense fascination with the royal family that I did not have at all before the crown. It's like it started oh. in and suddenly I was like, I very much admire Queen Elizabeth for X, Y, and Z. You know, I just was it's like, cool. wow, where did it come from? But, you know, there it is. And then of course there's been so many interesting and exciting things happening in the royal family the last couple of years and I got obsessed. About the recent royal wedding with Meghan Markle, I know. And oh, that print. was so wonderful. It really was. It really, really was.
0: So... Now, did you watch the royal wedding
1: while it was happening? Because you were hours behind, right? Yeah. So we—it was actually—it was still the middle of the night for us, I think. And so we just—we DVR'd it. Oh. And then watched it in the morning with coffee, and you know, I sorted through some of the parts of it, and talked about everybody's outfits, and. It was it was pretty fabulous.
0: Yeah. I think I was up at like four thirty, five o'clock and three of my friends and I were texting while watching it and I thought that I we said that we would wake up at like six, right? Mhm. But what ended up happening was I think just the excitement in general and I just got enough sleep, I woke up naturally early and I'm like, okay, oh, oh. well I'm just gonna turn it on and get started. Like it's
1: Christmas, I love it.
0: Exactly, yeah. And then sure enough, a couple of the friends like texted in, like, All right, so I'm up and ready. And I'm like, hey, this is awesome. So we're just gonna do this now. And so it was it was super fun. And we we're like taking selfies and sending them like with our cups of coffee and tea. It was so much fun. I just like Perfect I like something that a group like a group can get excited about.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it seems like all of the U.S. and much of England, I know not everybody's a fan of the royal family, but, you know, there were so many people that were so excited for this wedding. It was like a, you know, it was a a worldwide experience, really. Yeah. So I'm sure they had tea that day. I must have had tea that day. And we are going to have tea every day for, well, seven days because we decided to split this into two single-week challenges. So we'll have one week where we do tea every day. For me, that'll probably look like, um, you know, I work kind of a 9-to-5 sort of a schedule. So probably around 3 o'clock or so, I'll go to the kitchen. I'll make myself a nice cup of the, I think, um, I read somewhere that but the queen likes Earl Gray or Darjeeling. So I'll get myself some Earl Gray, and instead of my afternoon cup of coffee, I'll have tea and take about 15 minutes or so to just kind of relax. we we'll a little garden. Maybe I'll sit outside, drink some tea, and then come back in and get back to work and see how that helps productivity. Um, what about you? How do you think it's gonna, so, it's gonna unfold for you? So, I think that
0: what I'm going to do is something super similar. Um, one is definitely putting it in my calendar so I don't ignore it. <laughs> and also also, I currently i'm I'm a teacher as well as an entrepreneur, so I'm technically on summer vacation, which mm-hmm. means i my day is whatever I plan it to be. So I have a lot of flexibility about being able to get my cup of tea. So I'm probably going to make it out of my beautiful turquoise teapot. And then I do really want to slow down and just drink the tea. So I'll probably put mm-hmm. on some music just because otherwise it's the so lonely, it's the lonely life with no background music. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> just silence. My friend Look and I, am. my best friend and I used to always say like, I don't understand why you don't have a constant soundtrack just playing in the background as you like walk around through your day. You know, kind of like in Five Hundred Days of Summer, have you ever seen that movie?
1: It's been so long, but I, I love the idea of a soundtrack all the time. I mean I have my earbuds in almost yeah. all the time when I'm not actually needing to converse <laughs> with people or at work. I feel like people might think it's rude if I have them on all the time. But no, I hear you. So in Five Hundred Days of Summer, did he have a soundtrack the whole time? I can't remember. There
0: there was just always there was just I don't remember that movie, like, very, very clearly, but I remember the music was phenomenal, and that, for whatever reason, was what inspired us to be like, oh, that would be so great. There's just always, there's just always, like, a perfect soundtrack playing for every single moment of your life. That, and then also in the movie Begin Again with Kira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo, mm-hmm. which that, that movie's so good. Um, but... There's this scene where the two of them walk around New York City with a audio splitter and playing music off of each of their, like oh, playing wow. each of their playlists, right? Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, right, like that's a super cute idea if you're ever gonna like go out on a first date or just like go for a walk around the city with somebody. Mm-hmm. But, it's another one of those, yeah, like don't you just always want to have a good song on in the background? I know I do. So, yeah, Yeah, the tea will probably be accompanied by some music of some sort. And just, like you said, really slowing down and stepping away from the computer and turning off all the screens.
1: Yeah. You're going to have to keep track of some of your favorite songs to sip tea, too. Oh,
0: I know. i am already kind of – I've been listening to a lot of Radiohead recently, Mm -hmm. and so I'm thinking that – it's probably going to be so. It's going to be a combination of Radiohead and Coldplay, and then maybe I don't. I don't know. May, maybe like some with Mac because I'm just kind of in that zone lately.
1: Nice. Yeah. Well, you have to let us know like what song work with tea drinking and what songs not so much.
0: What yeah, really because I
1: imagine <laughs> some of them will not feel as peaceful as they are listening like to. Gosh, it's awesome. Okay, so yes. this last one which it sounds like you were already doing, is putting stuff on your calendar like Michelle Obama before adding other things. So like adding in the self-care and the family time and like all of the life balance happiness things before work because work can just swallow everything up. So talk a little bit about that and, and why that one jumped out to you. Yeah. I like the idea of that because I find that
0: I like a schedule and I like to have – an idea of what I'm doing with my day. And I think a lot of it stems from being a teacher. I'm constantly working off of, like, 15-minute increments of time. So Mm -hmm. I'm used to, like, okay, for the next 45 minutes we're doing math, and then for 15 minutes we're doing vocab, and then for the next 30 minutes we're going to do such and such. So Mm -hmm. when suddenly, because of that, I have to be really diligent about if I am planning any kind of, like meetings because they have some after some, like, evening committee meetings that I have to go to. So I have to be careful about when I have – when I plan to go out with a friend or when I plan to have dinner with my family or things like that so that I'm not overcommitting. Right. And so that's really why I – and then also I'm just really forgetful. I don't think that, I think, and I think because of social media and because of technology, like smartphones and all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. we we didn't used to have to hold all this stuff in our heads before. We were always writing stuff down, and there wasn't as much information. And Mm now I just feel like I get so overloaded, and I can't keep track of anything in my brain, which is why I write everything down. Mm -hmm. So what I'm thinking is what appealed to me about, the Michelle Obama idea besides the fact that it's Michelle Obama, right? So, like, similar to Oprah, I just think everything about her is fabulous and wonderful. Yes, yes. I wanted to be more intentional about making sure that I'm doing things that I really enjoy because so much of life as an adult, unfortunately, which they don't tell you this, kids, Uh so much of being an adult is doing things you don't want to do but need to get done. Yeah. I mean... From like paying bills, which right, like they need to get done, but you don't want to do that, and it never no, takes absolutely. that much time. Right. But it, but it's way too easy to be like, hey, tomorrow, and then suddenly you're like, oh no, that was a that was a yesterday issue. It's not yes. right tomorrow.
1: Or yeah. something like that. I find something like that can actually swallow an entire Saturday because I'll, you know, say it's a Saturday, I have nothing on my nothing on my schedule, right? And it's, and and I love that. It makes me feel free and not, you know, and unencumbered un- because I have no plans, nowhere to be. But it's like, oh yeah, yeah but I got to pay some bills, and I'll procrastinate paying the bills the whole day. And I'll be like, oh, I'll mm-hmm. just watch one more episode of The Crown, or oh, I'll just have another snack, or oh, I'll just whatever it is, and then the whole day's gone because I was procrastinating thirty minutes of organizing my finances. Yeah. Right. And so it's kind of like, right. It's kind of like with this, you know, scheduling the important things, whether they're self-care things or, you know, the fun self-care things, I guess, because you know, financial health is also self-care. But whatever the self-care things are, it's like scheduling those first and foremost and then, you know, filling in work or the other obligations afterwards to make sure that balance is built in. Yeah. And what I appreciated was that
0: She I mean she in the article she talked about like sitting down with the principals and everything of her of her daughter's schools and looking at all of the events coming up and plugging all of that stuff in, right? Like scheduling in workouts, scheduling in date nights, putting in all family vacations, trips, right? Putting all of that stuff in first because that is her biggest priority. And then from there, all of the other times, she's able to say, okay, so when can we have that meeting? When, When can we do that particular task? And, I mean, my family is like everything to me, right? And I love my friends, and I want to be able to spend time with them. And the idea of putting all of that stuff in my calendar first so that I'm not constantly going like, when was the last time I saw so-and-so? I'm not sure because we were supposed to hang out this time, but then you forgot to do it that other time. Like, that just makes me feel sad, right? Yeah. And it's so easy to miss out on opportunities opportunity to hang out with people because our calendars get so so quickly. Right. So I love like right. the idea of making that the priority first. And, I mean, in a responsible way, right? Like, you're not going to go, oh, I mean, I do have that. I have that important meeting, but you know what, friendship comes first. Forget that meeting, right? <laughs> right? Right, Not doing that, but definitely looking at, okay, I want to make sure that I, my, for example, my niece has a basketball tournament this weekend. I'm going for a basketball tournament. Like, no matter what else is happening, I'm going to be there for her. Right. But what's great is that I knew about it ahead of time so that I could go ahead and put it in because when somebody asked me about going to lunch on Saturday, I was like, Ooh, I can't because I have her basketball tournament, mm-hmm. and so but I don't have to feel like I have to then figure out how am I going to make it to her game if I have this lunch and then this other thing going on because I prioritize her first,
1: right? Right? Yeah, it really is that intentional kind of plotting out, like okay, where is my family time going to go? Where is my friend time going to go? Um. I had I started filling in that week with plans with friends and um, and it's funny because I you know I took an extra day off work after uh, the Fourth of July and my sister lives in the area but she's going to be moving soon and as it turns out she just got notified about her new job and she will be um, she will be leaving two days after that extra day that I took off work and oh, Wow. I took it off just as like, I'm just going to take this extra day for self-care. Like work's been kind of intense and, you know, I'm just going to take that day, you know, I'm just going to take it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, I had already blocked it out and everything. And then here, you know, my sister is going to be moving away just a couple days later. And I was like, Hey, you know what, sister? Why don't we have a day where we you know go to the beach or like go shopping or go get breakfast or just like hang out What kind of last sister day while you're living in the area and it was it was actually kind of a result of just blocking that time out for just like kind of whatever psychologically or emotionally or socially I would need that day and then boom, you know here was the thing, and it's like i i would rather i would not I would not prefer to spend that day in any other way right like that's exactly how I yeah want to, how I want to spend it so. I mean, that was a little bit of, like, the stars aligning, but I had that time because I'd already worked on carving out that time, right?
0: Now, you bring up an interesting point that I hadn't thought about, or I've been thinking about it without having an answer, and you kind of answered it for me, was, okay, if I don't have a particular plan with somebody, then kind of how, what am I blocking out? But I love the idea of what you did, which was you blocked out, like, okay, this is, like, my time my self-care time and it can become whatever it's going to be but the time's there and so that's that's what I'll need to do because I was kind of like well if I don't have a particular plan to go to the movies with somebody then I'm just looking at open time and I'm somebody that if I have time I will fill it so I think I was thinking about this in the wrong way like Exactly, right. If I have time, I'll fill it. So if I have time for me, I'll fill it with stuff I really want to do, as opposed to things that have to get done or, um, like, work responsibilities.
1: Totally, totally. And I do, it's funny because someone recently brought up that idea of like self-care can be some of the ugly things that we don't want to do. Like, ugh, it's so tedious for me to sit down and work on my finances. Or it can be the prettier things, like a bubble bath with like a new scented soap or like, you, you know, know, something that feels like yeah. so luxurious and, and beautiful and, you know, Instagrammable or whatever. Um, not that I'm Instagramming myself in the bath, but you see those little bath, <laughs> you see the bath bombs, you see the bath bombs and they're so pretty, yeah. they, how they bubble up in the water. But anyway, mm-hmm. that self-care can be kind of a variety of different things. And so, um, so yeah, I do, I do think there's, there's value in just carving out that time for whatever the balance is that's needed. And then seeing what's, seeing what's supposed to plug in there when the time comes. Yeah, I'm going to try that. Um, so speaking of Instagrammable beauty things, mm-hmm. can we talk about 85 Beauty, I think you know, yes, for me, because that was my sort of introduction to you, I'd love to just have a little time and talk about, you know, how you thought of 85 Beauty in the first place, where it came from for you, and some of your philosophy now and moving forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So
1: 85 Beauty
0: became this business that I've been kind of dreaming up for most of my life. I always wanted to have my own business. I didn't know what it was going to be. I just knew it was going to be something surrounding makeup because I loved makeup growing up. And my aunt used to have, she's a beauty junkie just like me, or I should say I'm a beauty junkie like her, right? She's Mm -hmm. been my inspiration in terms of that because she always had an incredible amount of beauty products that perfectly lined up in her bathroom. And I remember her bathroom always smelled like peaches which just felt like so Uh luxurious and grown up. And I -hmm. I just always thought it was so sophisticated. And when I got – when I turned 16, my mom took me to get my makeup done because my parents wouldn't let me wear makeup until I was 16. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I just – fell in love with makeup, and I was an artist growing up, so I always was drawing and painting and doing all sorts of stuff, but then suddenly, it was this completely different outlet for art that I didn't know existed, and mm-hmm. I I loved it, and so I, I did makeup artistry for a while, and I still freelance every once in a while, but in doing that, I kept kind of kicking around with this business, and at first, I thought that I was going to... Oh. Make my own products. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have my own beauty brand and I'm going to make all these fabulous products. And that's probably still going to happen down the line. Mm-hmm. But what specifically grabbed my attention was I bought this eyeshadow palette. It was probably about six months ago that mm-hmm. I bought this eyeshadow palette and I was obsessed with it because it's 18 colors and I can use every single thing. And that's never happened. Yeah. I've never been able to look at an eyeshadow palette, and I'm like, every single color I can use. Like, everything. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Because typically, I'm looking at a palette, and I'm going, well, I'll maybe can use about four of those 12 colors. And that's just kind of the experience for me as a black woman, and for mm-hmm. other people of color, they may have similar experiences. Mm-hmm. And it just starts to bug me in a way that it hadn't before. So I was that's before with my mom. And I was taking her around and showing her a few different things. And I was like, oh yeah, look at this, look at this. And what I realized was, I was like, mom, you know, this is kind of ridiculous because there's all of these palettes and there's all of, there's so much selection, right? There's all of these brands out here. And not everybody's making products that are going to work for me. And it's super frustrating. Like, how great would it be if there was one place you could go and be guaranteed that everything available would work for you. And then it's just about what you prefer and what you like. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, that's it. That's what I need to be doing. Mm -hmm. So the mission of 85 Beauty is for black women to feel prioritized, valued, and seen because – Everything about my life is wanting to feel prioritized, valued, and seen, and I happen to be a black woman. And I think that that is one of the distinctions that I'm trying to make with the business and then just in terms of in my own life and talking with people is that, yeah, I have certain experiences that happen to be because I am black, but not because of, like, me individually as QFL-er, right? Right. that's just, like, it, I, I don't really care for that phrase, it is what it is, but it is what it is, right? There's nothing yeah. to do about it um, in terms of, I'm not trying to change who I am, and but I am trying to change how people think of others who may look like me and myself as well. So what I always say about 85 Beauty is that it's not just for black women, but it is for black women. And what I mean by that is that I am working to make sure that the question that is asked first is will this work for black women? Like, their needs are going to come first. And if the answer is no, then it's not going to be an 85 beauty. So it's an online website that is going to be a collection of all of the best beauty products from the most inclusive brands that are already out there and just killing it for women of color. But... As I'm working to get all of those products, I ended up making makeup bags, which I'm calling beauty bags because you can really put anything that you want in them. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually just did a Facebook Live yesterday. Was that yesterday? Gosh, yeah, yesterday. Talking about like five perfect ways that you can use them, and I mean, I talked about everything from using it as a toiletry bag, a makeup bag, a pencil pouch, right? Like you can fit up to like 25 papermate flare pens in there. And well and they
1: are so cute too. I mean not to interrupt, but I just want to say like I love the ones that have the little flamingos and there are some with the Oh pineapple. the fancy flamingos. They're so cute. Yes. Yeah. So there are so many different um different styles and designs and the colors are awesome.
0: Thank you. Yeah, and I wanted I I love color. When I worked at Mac, one of the things that just broke my heart was that the dress code that we had to wear black. And I was like, oh, are you sure? <laughs> right? Because I, I love bright color and I, I think that everything needs to just be I, like I told you I like being fancy, right? So I, yeah. I appreciate bright colors and, and one of the things that I wanted with the beauty bags were for them to be something that you look at and you're like, damn, it's just so cute, right? Like that you look at it and you're always excited to put things in it, to use it, to bring it with you, to show it off, right? Because for me, I, I'm excited about looking through and talking with my friends about all sorts of beauty products. I want to know what are you wearing, what are you obsessed with, what are you loving, what sucks, so that I don't spend my money on it, right? But Mm -hmm. I want to dig through my friend's makeup bags and be like, ooh, what's that lip gloss that you're wearing? I haven't tried that before. Mm -hmm. And it's just a little more exciting when you have a really cute makeup bag to go with it.
1: Oh, absolutely! And those little types of bags, I I live with I, I live with them. I I love them. I mean, and they I have them always in my purse, um, and they just help me to feel so pulled together. You know, it's like this one has makeup in it, this one has little pens, yeah. this one over here has my gum. You know, so I have these different little color coded bags inside of my purse, and they keep me organized and keep me from losing it every time oh, I, I really need cool. to go into my bag for something or other. So
0: no, I think yeah, like, that, that
1: organization helps too. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, one thing I so appreciate about your story in the beginning of 85 Beauty is that for you, you were like, there is something that I'm not getting in the marketplace of beauty. Like, I'm just, it's not there. It's not there for me. And historically, cosmetics companies have absolutely not prioritized black women and women of color. So you were like, oh, well, that's going to stop. Like, I will create the company that will prioritize black women first and still yet be inclusive of many people, but it's going to be for black women first. And I just think that's, um, that's awesome. And it's also courageous to just say, hey, something's missing here, and who else is going to do it? I don't know, so I'm going to do it. Oh, thank you so much. And what's interesting
0: about this process of figuring out what specifically the business is going to be was that when I started really working on identifying what's going to work for my customers as black women, I hit this wall of two things were happening. One, I got scared because it felt super vulnerable to really dig into like those pain points as a black woman of shopping. And it's it's hard to admit that like you don't feel valued, right? It's hard to admit that you don't feel like you're a priority, even though for yourself, you're like, I'm a priority for me. Yeah, I'm number one. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But to see that, There are companies who don't feel that way. It's like, yeah, that's Mm. that's really their problem. Except it becomes my problem when I'm looking for a foundation that's going to match me, right? Or when I'm looking for um, when I'm looking for a blush that isn't going to completely turn into nothing on my skin, right? Like those are the things that suddenly it is a problem that I'm not prioritized by this group or by this company. Mm -hmm. So. In doing that, I was like, okay, it's vulnerable to kind of admit that and to have to really tackle that problem every single day and face that. And then also, it was hard because most of my friends are actually not black. I mean, don't get me wrong, the majority of my family is, but who am I to say what's going to work for all black women, right? Like, I don't know that because black women are so incredibly diverse and, What happened was I kept seeing and hearing myself as I'm brainstorming. I was like, I feel like I'm just stereotyping black women, and that's not what this is about at all. Mm
1: -hmm. And so when
0: I realized that that was happening and that most of my experience in terms of with women and with my friends and the people who I love the most is that it's this huge range of women in terms of all races, all skin tones, everything. And I would talk with my grandma a lot about, about setting up this business. And she's like, you know, just make sure that it's a, that it's, you're thinking about the range, right? Cause there's tons of us, right? There's, we, we don't all look the same. And as we were having these conversations over and over again, you know, I thought about just between my grandmother, my mom, my aunt and my nieces, none of us are the same color. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we all are a very different range of skin tones, and I want something that's going to work for all of us. And I didn't want to create a company where some of my family could shop, but not all of my family could shop. I'm like, oh, that doesn't just, that just feel good. That feels sticky. And so that's what really helped me realize, like, yeah, the priority is definitely for black women, and what's so great about that is that black women are so many different ranges of color that if you're not black, which is like I said, right? Like for black women, but not, not just for black women, but for black women, like, yeah, everything's going to work for everyone. So that, that was a huge distinction and something that really matters to me. Um, Because my, my best friend is white. And, after, you know, a good, how long have we been friends? Like 23 years, right? Like after mm-hmm. after 23 years of friendship, it's kind of important that we can shop together because that's not always the case, right? It's like, okay, well, we may have to go over here to find something that's going to work for her, but then for me, we may have to go
1: somewhere else. We should be able to shop together. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I don't want to reduce the depth of, a female connection to beauty products, but there is something really special when you're with someone you love. They're your bestie yeah. or your sister or whatever, and you are in the store and you're trying, you know, like shadows on your hands, or you're going like, oh, what's that lip gloss or what's that lipstick you're wearing or blah blah. Yeah. blah, blah. Like, tell me about it, you know. And my sister and uh-huh. I do that all the time. It's like, oh, have you tried this thing from that company or or whatever? And it's and we'll bring each other little samples, you know. If we get perfumes, it's like, oh, here's this one. It didn't smell good on me, but you try it. Like it's yeah fun. It's fun to be able to share those experiences together. Now obviously, you know, we can all share lots of experiences together and the depth of friendship does not rely on that, but there's a reason we shouldn't have that. We shouldn't all have that. Yeah, it's an important point of connection. I,
0: I do I do find that it's something that I I find that looking at beauty products and talking about them is a way to really open up because I've I have found that in conversations I have with people, that's when I'll hear them say something like, oh, but, you know, I just I just don't really like my lips. And I'll go, huh, that's so interesting. Because, one, I didn't know that was an insecurity for you. Mm -hmm. And, two, I think your lips are great. Mm -hmm. Right? So I I think it allows us to be a little more vulnerable with each other as we talk about, like, what we need in beauty products, right? Like, oh, I need a lengthening mascara. And I'm like... I I you need know, a life-saving mascara too because my brother stole the eyelash gene and he has these beautiful yeah. long curly lashes. I we need it, right?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It's a shame.
0: Yeah, but you just you hear these stories and you really get to know each other a little yeah. bit more in a different way than if you were doing if you were doing some different activity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Keila, thank you so, so much again for joining me on this challenge. Um, if you're okay with it, what I think I might do is actually split our episode into two. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. And then um, we will look forward to hearing from you about some of your favorite songs to drink tea to, as well as a song that is giving you life in the next part. Okay, that sounds perfect. Thanks again to Keila Fowler for contributing to this episode. Keep your eyes peeled for part two coming soon. And thanks to all of you for listening. You know, if you can do one thing to support this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. Our intro and outro music is by the Tartu Pop and Rock Institute. And for Quirk and Circumstance show notes and more information, please visit quirkandcircumstance.com.